Hello, and welcome again to the School of Minds podcast. Uh, this is the third time I'm trying to record this podcast now, because the other two times the microphone didn't work, so I'm hoping this works this time. Otherwise, I'm going to hoist this MacBook and fling it straight out of the window. Um, I apologize, I didn't want to get this podcast started off in an aggressive way, but this is where we are. So that's where we'll be. Um, thank you to all of those people that have streamed the show previously. I can't thank you enough. If you can, like us on whatever social media channels you got, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, Pinterest, our media guru Sandra has been increasing our, what's the word? Increasing our capacity to Pinterest, maybe increasing our visuals on, in, on Pinterest, maybe. Either way, she's doing an amazing job. And she's actually one of the people that talks to you guys on Instagram. She is, if you if you go through our Instagram and you look at the people that we interact with, the ethos is we want people involved in the School of Minds to be themselves and talk to people in a positive way as themselves. And if you look into... Uh, Sandra's interaction she's probably one of the kindest people and most positive people I've ever met in my life so do yourself a favor flick through those give Sandra a shout out she's probably going to be the nicest person back to you anyway what's what is today's episode about how to identify bad group identities versus good group identities um, many of you may not know, you won't because I don't tell anyone, that I've worked in hospitality for a long time and I have managed people up to operations management level. Through that journey of over six million years now, I have met possibly every single person in the world. I say this to a friend of mine all the time. You know, working in customer um, facing environments, you you meet every single person in the world. You meet their the type, their motivations. You become a very good person at judging a character when they walk in. And sometimes that throws you completely off. Sometimes you get it completely wrong. But the more and more you interact with people, the more and more you realise fundamentally we share the same threads. Now. How this links in is that over time, I have seen the downfall of people. I've seen the downfall of groups that I've managed. I've seen um, in more recent years the positive up- upswing of, of groups that I've managed, the way that they've bound together and pushed forward. But for a period of time, there was lots and lots of mistakes and failings that I did that led me down this path of, oh, my God, everyone's horrendous either either a everyone's horrendous or b i'm fucking something up and i think it was part of actually i think it was both of them you know some of the the people were absolutely fucking horrendous and b i fucked up a little bit you know if you're balancing a hot coal in your hands and you drop it on your feet you're going to burn your feet so you're to blame you know your feet weren't to blame for being there poor old feet so where I'm trying to go with this is that 
all of the issues that I ever had with groups of people were based on group mentality, group identity, identity politics within those groups. And it led me down this path of trying to work out what it was. Where was where was I going wrong? What did I need to highlight in order to move past this weird group identity thing that kept on happening, kept on happening, kept on happening? And it led me down this path of understanding that there was two types of group identity. There was the regenerative group identity and there was the destructive group identity. Um, group identity can be really tricky because we, we always seek to reorganize ourselves as something. We seek to put a little label on what we are. Um, and we do that instinctively. We do it instinctively. It, 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 we've been doing it divisively now for, for around six or seven years. Um, you know, we've been fractionating ourselves down to to white people, black people, vegans, the, the LGBTQ plus situation is fractionated down, down, down into about five trillion uh, little tiny identities uh, on what people can hang their kind of hat on. And that's fine. It's fine to find something, but it's not fine for it to define you. And I think that's the issue that a lot of people are facing when they they define themselves by the group identity that they're holding on to and they're still left not satiated they're still left feeling empty and for me the regenerative model versus the destructive model is one of the little tools that you can put in your back pocket to help you understand you know, where you should navigate in life, who you should navigate towards, and how you can fundamentally understand what other people's motivations are with you. So we'll start off with the regenerative group identity. Um, if you can consider a triangle of transcendence, which sounds awesome, and I might even have that tattooed on me somewhere because you know that concept sounds amazing, triangle of transcendence. And at the bottom of the triangle, a knowingly weak person walks into the group identity. Once they enter the group identity, they're surrounded by strong people, knowingly strong people. Once these strong people highlight the weakness, they then seek to change the weakness. They seek to strengthen that person up until they're at the top of the triangle where they can transcend it, they can think, great, I had this group identity for a while, it worked for me, it did well for me, now it's on to the next challenge, now it's on to the next me, now it's on to the next self, or they can stay behind and they can um, help the next person that comes through the doors, and that's the basis of the regenerative model. You've got good examples of that would be, I mean, uh, on a really fundamentally basic understanding level, you've got hospitals, you've got Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, uh, I think Russell Brand has done an incredible job of linking spirituality to 
addictive behavior therapy. Um, and that is a model that very much seems to help towards transcendence. Um, very well put together friendship group. We're not talking about you know numbers. We're not talking about slinging likes on Facebook. We're not talking about little hearts that pop up on Instagram. We're not talking about token ridiculous messages to people to just say, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I didn't need you to ask me. You know, we're talking about actual friendship groups. We're talking about people that inquire, people that ask you where you're going with life, what you want to do, why do you feel scared, you know, what's wrong. People who get to the heart of you and not just skim past the superficials. Because you'll find with people who just skim past the superficials that they're not asking you questions. They're waiting for you to finish answering questions. There's also um, the gym. The gym can be a a great group identity and martial arts club. Me and a few friends of mine have gone through the journey from white belt to black belt. And the way that transforms you it can very much be possibly the perfect regenerative group identity model. And from the outside looking in, people would think it's terrible that you you know you you're getting beat up all the time, you're having to spar people, you're well, that's just the struggle, isn't it? That's the struggle. And it's a controlled environment and people are helping you all the time and there's a beautiful camaraderie between people. But that's just the struggle. you got to go through a struggle to get somewhere. You don't get transcendence without doing some fucking work, doing some heavy lifting. <laughs> you got to do it. Bad examples, drinking buddies. I mean, drink as a whole, alcohol as a whole, I'm kind of vehemently against. I don't mind if other people drink. That's fine. That's up to, up to them. But drinking for me. I've only ever seen the decline of people through it. Only ever seen the decline. I've never seen, nobody has ever come to me and said, Rich, I've got to tell you, man, I know all this stuff that you do and all this stuff that you believe in is great, but I opened up a 24-pack of beer the other night, and as I fell asleep, I transcendently saw Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I just wanted to tell you that you know, 24 Budweiser's, and everything's fine. Nobody has ever said that to me because it would be ridiculous. You know, ideologically possess pursuits that can put you in the frame of a bad group identity, a destructive group identity, extreme versions of things, extreme versions of anything that seems fairly tolerant, accessible, and, and interesting. There's extreme versions of everything. I mean, you take veganism from maybe 10, 12 years ago. It was all cool. It was all cool. Vegans was cool. And there are extreme versions of vegans, militant versions of vegans, and they fucking up for everyone else. I have some very, very beautiful, nice vegan friends that, that, really care about animals as as all nice humans should might I add and they always get annoyed by the intolerance of some of that community 
even political debate, people that are, that are heavily into politics, it's there's no problem being into politics. But fuck me, the amount of people that are, are so into politics that it takes away their personality. It takes away their their idea of themselves that then they, they just become this this aggressive kind of no one who's into these things are ever looking at the positive side of it, are they? They're never they're never like if you listen to someone who, who's really interested in politics, they're never talking about the ideas behind the politics that they like. It's always against the politics that they despise. Um and this can also lead to like to brainwashing. I mean, there's a film, The Brainwashing of My Dad by uh, Jen Senko. And it's about this this lady's dad who, you know, when she was younger, when she was just a little girl, he was a wonderful man. He was very tolerant. He was very kind. She tells a, uh, a story about when they went into, uh, I think it was in New York City, when they went to New York, and he stumbled upon a homeless man who asked him for change, and he referred to him as Sir, and you know stayed humble, gave him some money, and, and hoped that it was okay. And then 40, 50 years later, she's seen her father brainwashed by people like Rush Limbaugh and Fox News and all of these kind of politically charged, divisive uh, media outlets that absolutely changed her father's mentality. And that, that's exactly the same as what can happen with us. It's exactly the same as what I mentioned before about, you know, you don't know you're going to be obese until it's two years later and you start to realise you've added seven stone on. That's just something that happens with your brains as well. You can go through life thinking that's that's okay. I mean, that's not causing any damage. It fucking is. It is. Like three years down the line, your your uh, your brain is going to be fried, man. It's going to be fried simply because you didn't take the time out to recognise the things that were going wrong. You know, any groups you're a part of that prey on your lack of willpower towards things, for example, gambling, drinking, drugs, any group identity based around these things are a destructive group identity. Um, and to go into that, that why those things seem to be able to grasp a hold of you so hard is because they're left unchecked. They're left completely unchecked. Things that you like, you think about all the time. Things that you like, you pursue all the time. Things that you don't feel that good about, you usually distract yourselves from. You know, there's a great quote by John Locke, what worries you masters you. And I firmly believe that's true. What worries you masters you. So in the destructive group identity, you know, we've got entering the transcendent triangle. Although it's not called that, is it? I need to think of another name for this version of the triangle. I mean, it's definitely not transcendent. But entering the triangle, you enter it thinking that you're strong. You think that you're strong. It's only when you enter the triangle, when you enter the group identity, that you realize that you're weak. And then what you're surrounded by is also 
a group of weak people who believe that they're strong and nobody's talking about it and nobody wants to leave because if they leave it means they'll be weak again because they've highlighted that they're weak inside the group identity and this is what what occurs if you can enter a group identity knowing that you're weak and you want people to help you become strong that's great but if you enter a group identity thinking you're strong and then you're actually weak and nobody notices that's that's terrible people have been in those situations for years and years and years and they never get out that's your quiet drinking buddy who sat down opposite you who doesn't say much he just stares at his fucking drink that's what that is you need to get out of those group identities as soon as possible those group identities are people that text you and you look at the phone and you think ah oh, fuck i don't want to talk to them i can't be bothered this is terrible that's those group identities you are being complicit in it if you act like that with those group identities you have to recognize the difference between a good group and a bad group because if you don't you pay for it with your soul there's no other way you pay for it you know you pay for it with your time you pay for it with your personality because you have to put a mask on you pay for it in ways that you can't comprehend that all seem so simple because it's not paying it with physical money and physical money is physical money it gets you stuff it gets you rent it pays your bills but there's another currency inside you that you need to grasp a hold of in order to have a good life and it's nothing to do with money you know you've got to make sure that you take the precautionary steps to be able to understand just where you're going and more importantly not just where you're going but what the people around you are motivated by what are they motivated by what what's their currency what are they getting out of it you know when when a friend of yours goes to the toilet what are they talking about they talk about your friend think about it that's the currency that they're rolling in you really have to be careful of the group identities that you become part of as i say we have um managed and led people through many varying terrible situations really when i come to think about it really awful situations and there was key members of certain teams over the years that really had no no other notion but to create a destructive group identity because they weren't the center of attention and you'll you'll encounter these people all the time they usually come across as the most kind most empathetic people that you can meet that's by design that's not them authentically they're authentically are usually bitter and twisted and down and disheveled that's not them authentically you know when you meet someone authentically because you feel it in your fucking gut you feel it in your gut and you want to be around that person authenticity is like a magnet and disingenuous people who are disingenuous you know it straight away but there's this weird thing that happens when you're around someone who's disingenuous that 
you it's like a, a shame, like a guilt. You're embarrassed that you know that they're disingenuous and you don't want to be around them anymore, but you can't tell them because that would be rude. I say just do it. I say just let people know what you think of them, not in a horrible way, just in a way that says, you know, this isn't really my thing. You're not really my person. And that's okay. A lot of people don't do that because they don't want to feel that rejection from someone else who might turn around and say to them, no, you know what, you're not my kind of thing either. You've got to accept that. You are not everyone's thing and you never will be. And there's no point chasing it because you're going to be a day late to everything. So that's fundamentally my theory on group identity, regenerative and destructive and we got a little bit into individual personality dynamics and identity politics at the end but just be careful especially younger people you know if i look back on all of the mistakes and mess ups that, that i made which ultimately led me here so i guess there's an argument for that then i would recognize straight away that I was terrible at organising myself in terms of who I wanted to be around and who I should be around. Because you always lend yourself to the more destructive aspects of your personality. Hedonism. Hedonism's a big one. Epicurus kind of got it right, in my opinion, when um, when he kind of changed the notion of what hedonism was but if you look at it in modern society now you can very much tell that hedonism is not leading us anywhere good and fast uh, the only thing that's actually been good about uh, this coronavirus thing is the lack of hedonistic celebrity culture that's around us now and maybe that's something else I'll go into another time but yeah, as I were, when I was younger, I wished I'd have known half of this stuff. Younger people are more vulnerable and at risk of falling into these traps because they can be swayed by personality more. You, know, you can be swayed by someone who seems to be, who comes across as being more worldly wise, but maybe that's just an in. Maybe that's just a way of them captivating you and then you become complicit in their idea of self. Because a lot of these... Um, destructive group identities have this complicit fear within them it's groups of individuals that are scared of themselves and that's a that's a scary thought in in itself so i'm going to draw a line under that i really enjoyed talking about it i really enjoyed ambling on and discussing group identity politics um, I'm going to try and get a guest on to discuss that a little bit further and unpack that a little bit further because that's something that I really would love to talk about. Um, as an end to this episode, again, I'd like to say thank you. Again, I'd love it if you went over to the website schoolofmindco.com, checked us out on Instagram, on Pinterest. Uh, had a look at some of our cool designs. As I say, we've just released a really cool Stoicism Metallica design one. 
Um, have a look on our YouTube channel. There's a great lecture about Marcus Aurelius on there. And yeah, just generally tell us. Tell us if you like it. And if you don't, that's fine. You don't have to tell us, though. You just keep it to yourself. You just keep it to yourself. Anyway, as always, thank you. Be your own friend. Speak to you soon.